Welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings towards our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Man, there was a bear there, all black and brown and covered in hair. Hi, I'm Clotho, and you can find me at Clotho Spindle on Twitter, and today I'm joined with Chicky. Hey, I am Chicky. I'm at the Chickren on Twitter. Devin. Hey, this is Devin, GD Harpo on Twitter. And Guile. Hi, I'm Guile, and I tweet at Door Podcast. Okay, we're going to be discussing Arya's fifth and final chapter in A Game of Thrones. Uh, trigger warnings for the usual potential discussions of violence and rape. Um Arya is hunting pigeons in the streets of King's Landing. Uh, she asks a passing baker if he would trade a, trade a pigeon for a tart, and when she says when he says no, she considers stealing one. But um, he points out the gold cloaks up the street, and she's really nervous and decides against that. Um, she thought about the gossip running through Flea Bottom. There's you know all kinds of things running around. Like some say her father's been murdered, um, that he murdered Robert, and then he killed Renly, and others said Renly had killed the king and fled the city. Um, Varys and Cersei's poisoned him. Um, he died at the pox. He choked on, you know, a boar instead of being killed by a boar. So it's just, uh, she's hearing everything and doesn't quite know what's going on. Um, it's kind of <laughs> wild, right? The, like, range of rumors that are out there. <laughs> Is this just a situation where, like, no one believes reality? Like, surely someone announced that he was killed by this boar while hunting, right? I mean... <laughs> I know, I think one of the ones was, oh, he was killed by the boar, like, in that big mix, but there was only, you know, so many... Well, that he ate himself, he ate the, like, he ate so much of the boar that he basically exploded <laughs> at the table. <laughs> yeah! I mean, and, like, and, I mean, they, and that <laughs> Cersei and Varys killed him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, how would work it out? Was it like a formal? There's no obviously news, but would there be like a formal announcement? You'd think like, hey, they rang the bells. They know they ted the bells, told day and night. But like, would there be any kind of like press conference type situation where they said, hey, like a hear ye, hear ye, <laughs> scroll type situation? Yeah. yeah. Oh God. I don't know, but this is like some QAnon level like conspiracy theorizing that's happening in Flea Bottom. <laughs> I mean, can we also talk about how amazing the Street of Flower sounds, Michael? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've figured out where I want to live in Westeros now. <laughs> Put me there. Torment, smelling bread all day and starving. Oh my god! Uh, I know that <laughs> carb carb bonanza there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Just everyone. I mean, you just get these characters that everyone's wisecracks. Like, um, <laughs> so we get. Um, so she she wants. She's thinking in her head how much she wants to go home, and we got kind of get her, you know, describing basically this desperation, and she's been looking at the. It sounds like she's going through the city gates, like checking them, like once a day or so. Um, only two were open: King's Gate and Iron Gate. Um, they're well guarded. They're you know searching, questioning everyone coming and going. Um, she doesn't have enough money to pay passage on a ship. Um, she's kind of finding places to sleep um, in Flea Bottom. She kind of settled in that area. Um, she's had her she had a silver bra- bracelet, I think, and a bundle of clothes she had taken from the castle. Those were stolen from her, and she's basically sleeping on top of needle because otherwise, like somebody's going to take it. Uh, she hides it under her cloak during the day. Um, 
she tried to make friends with some street kids, they said, but she's like, they, they're freaked out by her, the younger ones, and the older ones try to steal from her, so she's really not finding any comfort anywhere in the city, um, just scrounging around for pigeons to sell. Uh, she decides to check uh, the Mudgate again that day, and uh, take a look at the piers, and she notices a large trading galley when she gets down there, um, with writing that she can't understand. Uh, she asks a uh, passing longshoreman, and he tells her it's the Wind Witch from Mir, uh, which was the ship her father had hired to take her home, and is still there. She's kind of gets really excited, and you know she thought it was going to sail days ago, and she runs up to it, and there's guards, you know, there playing dice, and she doesn't recognize them. They're not any of her father's men that she's seen before, so you know she's you know nervous, and they're telling her to get out of there. They think she's a boy, so I think that's her first hint of what's going to happen here, but. Um, yeah, I loved this section where she she she's been pretty smart, you know. I mean, for a little kid, she's trying to figure a way out of there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And go ahead, girl. I was saying she's you know she's pretty self sufficient. She's figured out how to get the pigeons, and that she can trade, you know, half a pigeon for some of the bowl of brown, and then you know if they're nice, they'll actually fry up the other half of her pigeon for her. Mm. So she's, you know, she's figured out. How to, you know, she's surviving, and you know, I think part of the reason, like, she's probably not making any friends or getting any allies is she still looks, I mean, she looks disheveled, but it sounds like, you know, one girl tried to steal her boots, and she probably, you know, she either sounds like a northerner, but she also probably sounds high-born, and, you know, it's, like, she's kind of stuck in the middle, but because, you know, we what we know of her from before, that she did kind of talk to, you know, she talked to everyone. She knew all the different classes of people at Winterfell. Like, she probably did get some practicality that her, and probably none of her other siblings would have been able to deal with. Oh, and he gets to that thing, as we see later in Sansa's chapter, where, you know, would Sansa have survived in this atmosphere? Absolutely not. Would mm-hmm. Arya have survived in Sansa's circumstances? Absolutely not. You know, like, they're each yeah. at least able yeah. to, you know, kind of not thrive, but they're each able to survive in their given circumstances. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, it is a good point. And I just love, too, that, you know, it's so clear that, you know, as much as she is being smart, she's still a little kid, and she just can't seem to see very far beyond just surviving one moment to the next, which feels very realistic. Well, and it's, you know, what, you know, it's kind of like, God, she really doesn't have any options, you know, like, the you know, even options that seemingly might have been good for her if she had thought them through would have ended up being terrible. Like, if she would have remembered that, you know, somehow Littlefinger was a friend of her mom's, because she thinks about that later. You know, if she could have found her way to one of his brothels, well, that's not going to work out for her. You know, like, there's there's no one that, seemingly no one that could have helped her. I mean, the only, you know, I was playing like that what if game, like, what if they would have caught her, what would have happened? And you know, it was like, well, her best case scenario would be someone like Varys finding out about it before anyone else. Oh, jeez, yeah. And, you know, probably hiding her away for, you know, his whatever reasons. But it was kind of hard to think of, like, you know, who would have helped her? Well, it's hard to imagine she would survive in Joffrey's dungeons no, for mm, very long. Jeez, mm. yeah, it's she's in really bad like it's a bad situation i mean i, I can't imagine just the general anxiety because especially with that not knowing and she can't get any straight answers um geez. yeah um so she's she's uh running back to flea bottom after she gets scared away by the guards 
Uh, far across the city, she hears bells begin to ring, and she wonders what they mean this time. Uh, we get another kind of these like these vignettes of the, the people the, the discussing what this could potentially mean. Um, uh, some of it's kind of like you know slightly amusing. <laughs> uh, and one pot you know pot shop guy is basically like it's the summoning bell. And no, you know they're kind of not really listening to him. But then the crowd starts to push forward here, and um, everybody's going along. You know, you see people heading in one direction. Everybody starts to move. Um, uh, she runs after. She sees some boys, and she runs after them. And she hears them talking about um, the gold cloaks are carrying the hand of this uh, to the sept. Um, she falls face first, and all this like tussle, and she scrapes open her knee, and it's, it just sounds pretty obviously pretty gruesome her fingernail comes off and her hand hurts and she's sort of sobbing and struggling uh, yeah I don't the, oh god it's just a mess um, she she hears the crowd talk about her father as they walk the bells are getting louder as they're getting closer um, you know she hears them call him traitor and discuss if he will be killed uh, you know it's kind of interesting so I think somebody takes up for Renly at some point in the crowd I think they're saying like that you just somebody yeah. is yelling about her I noticed that about Renly killing. I think that's who they were talking about. And, uh, uh, you know, she's she said it's like pretty much like a, a, a cross. She's shoulder to shoulder. She's squirming around and she finds the stone plinth of Baylor and she gets up there and uh, wedges herself between the statue's feet. And that's when she sees Ned for the first time being held up by gold cloaks. It's just so awful, the description. You know, it's a, he's thin and his face looks drawn with pain and his cast is just gray and rotten, you know, because they've been leaving, basically leaving him the rot in the, you know, down in the dungeon. Uh, the high septons next to him, she sees this cluster of, and this, the, I think this was the part where she finally sees there's like a cluster. It's Joffrey, Cersei, the Hound, uh, four other members, you know, the King's Guard and like Varys little finger, and she sees Sansa, and she's scowling now because she notices that Sansa is looks happy. Yeah, <sighs> it's not, you know, you get this first uh, before, you know, we're going to see this from her viewpoint before we see what goes on with Sansa, but it's just, you know, I was thinking about if you were reading this for the very first time and you're thinking, you know, how is Ned going to, you know, how is Ned going to get out of this? Like, what's going to happen? Like, who's going to save Ned? And, you know, how you come in here with that expectation and, you know, it's just like reading it, knowing what's going to happen. It just makes it so much worse. Yeah, because it kind of the the fact that he has this, this scene from Arya's POV, right, from, from someone who's kind of watching the scene, um, you know, unfurl on a stage very much does give you the sense that you're about to watch, you know, some, some last minute rescue or some, you know, some, some drama that's going to turn things around. I, I don't know if he did it intentionally knowing that it would create that expectation in the audience, but it's, it's pretty interesting that, that he sets it up to seem like, Oh, you know, you, you've seen this before last minute, our hero gets saved, but then no, that is absolutely not what happened. Yeah. Uh, the bells uh, cease their tolling and she sees her father lift his head to speak and she can't hear him at first and people are just awful the crowd's just awful I can't, you know yelling and stuff in here and he raises his voice and says I am Eddard Stark lord of Winterfell the hand of the king and I come before you to confess my treason treason in the sight of gods and men um 
area whimpers no, and the crowd starts more taunting. Sansa hides her face in her hands, and he goes on to say, I betrayed the faith of my king and trust of my friend Robert. I swore to defend and protect his children, yet before his blood was cold, I plotted to depose and murder his son and seize the throne for myself. Let the High Septon and Baylor the Beloved and the Seven bear witness to the truth of what I say. Joffrey Baratheon is the one true heir to the Iron Throne and by the grace of all the gods, Lord of the Seven Kingdoms and Protector of the Realm. So yeah, they really had him. That's a number of a confession. Yeah. Yeah. They got him to do everything but throw Stannis under the bus, actually. Um, Which in retrospect, I mean, (laughs) would have been helpful. You would think they would have. Yeah. You would think. Um, Yeah, I... I love this. I mean, you know, the last time we talked to Ned, he's, he's, you know, making a deal with Varys to try to, you know, just save Sansa because he thinks Arya's dead at this point. And here he is doing exactly that. You know, <laughs> it's, I don't know. Sometimes I, sometimes I wish we had, had been in Ned's head when he heard how this went down. I mean, you have to know that he suspected it would go this way, right? I mean, That's he, a- he must not have trusted even that, Cersei, let alone Joffrey. That's what I'm wondering. Cause, I mean, I well, think... did he, though? Because, I mean, it's Ned. And he's mm-hmm. in this situation because he, you know, he has made the assumption all along that everyone is going to play fair. True. And, and you know, I'd, it's like that's such an essential quality of him that I wouldn't, you know, I would expect he thought that he was going to the wall. Ned. Oh, God. Once he figures out he isn't. And Joffrey calls for his head. Why not just go for broke and oh, yeah. just like scream? I didn't every, mean any of it. <laughs> like just, just scream the truth. Yeah, that <laughs> actually. He, it must. I mean, it's got to be just to save Sansa. I right. would imagine he must yeah. see her there uh, yeah. and and know that they intend to keep her in the same That's position. That's why I would want to be in his head for this. Just yeah. to, yeah. Surely he had to have thought. Well, I might as well. And yeah. Ugh. Oh, that maybe like he would be enough of a sacrifice that they would leave her alone if they got him. Like, okay, maybe they kill me. They'll. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. This is horrific. And this crowd is just awful. They throw a stone and they hit Ned. I mean, these are. It's not like they're big stones too, because they're making people bleed. You know, they're hitting the guards, bouncing off people's armor. Um, they step in front of Joffrey and Cersei to protect them from the flying objects and. Arya's gripping needle you know, beneath her cloak. Um, <clears throat> she's kind of at this point praying that you know the gods keep him safe. Um, the High Septon kneels before Joffrey and Cersei, and it's kind of this big flourish of asking them what you know what should we do with the traitor. And Joffrey steps from behind the guards and exclaims, um, "You know, I'll read this next part. It's easier to read it." But um, my mother bids me let Lord Eddard take the black, and Lady Sansa has begged mercy for her father. And he pauses. He's such a fucker. Like he pauses and he <laughs> looks straight at Sansa. I mean, it's a whole smile. performance. Yes. yes. Oh God, it's just evil. And you know, and she thinks for a moment. She thinks like the gods have heard her prayer. And then Joffrey turns back to the crowd and says, but they have the soft hearts of women. So long as I am your king, treason shall never go unpunished. Sir Ellen, bring me his head. <sighs> Just absolute chaos that ensues. <laughs> yeah, with everybody trying to stop him from Varys to Cersei and Sansa. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, to no avail. Yeah, I mean, so 
it's like the high septons clutching Joffrey's cape. Varys, you know, I've just kind of, I shouldn't laugh, but it's, I'm just imagining Varys waving his arms. <laughs> He's running across. Oh, well, and just Sansa screaming, you know, like that's. God. Yeah, and I think at that point, that's probably like, you know, Arya hears it and she sees her, Sansa's on her knees sobbing. She's got to know something bad, bad, bad. You know, it's just, you know, if she, whatever she thought Sansa, it's clear Sansa didn't know that was going to happen, you know, at that point. Right. So, um, God. Um, she draws needle. She jumps it, you know, it's just a thing instinct. She's jumping in the crowd. And, and, you know, he kind of, we get this, um, you know, I guess that we could tell that this is so she's not visually seeing this, but she's kind of like flailing around and she's trying to see and um, she sees partial like points. She sees the gold cloaks fling Ned down on the marble. Um, she's head and chest is over the edge and she's trying to break free from the crowd. She can hear Sansa screaming. It's very, it almost like reminds me of, um, I don't know. It's just like a panic inducing thing where it's already already her own internal emotions but the crowd is like illustrating exactly what's going on here and like i can't even imagine like this there's the chaos yeah yeah, yeah. Up there and down there <laughs> crowd well and think you know like it's like you're at a concert and you're short and you're you know trying to you know trying to see the stage <laughs> and like that excitement and like the same thing here except what she's trying to see is like you know her father being killed and like it's that i mean because the rest of the crowd like they're out for blood like this is entertainment for them so for them this is like a rock concert and a mosh pit right i mean so sansa's in this mosh pit but like instead of you know I, I could date myself like quite a bit here but i won't um you know instead of someone you know it's her dad and instead of him you know singing a song it's you know getting killed and she doesn't even get one calm look you know this is so sad she doesn't get that one last calm look at him you know it's just all Right, like, you kind of picture her, like, squeezing, you know, squeezing in between people's shoulders or, like, jumping up or, you know, just, like, you know, doing well, all that is, just to get these glimpses. This is the moment that George is giving you, you know, yeah. you expect someone to go and try to save Ned, but it's only Arya, little Arya. Yeah. Who can't get there and can't make it happen and doesn't have the ability to stop this thing that's already in motion. It's it's, it's you, you feel her futility really well. He really conveys it well. Yeah. Here, you know, I mean, just her 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 feelings of of you know helplessness as she tries more and more to get through the crowd. She pulls out needle and is slashing at people and. <sighs> Oh, God, you can feel how much she just wants to go try to save him. And I mean, I love this about Arya, too. Like, you have to love that, you know, here she's been so careful and somehow managed to stay alive. And the minute that they're ready to be head Ned, she just pulls Needle out, this thing she's been hiding, and just starts trying to charge <laughs> at the <laughs> at the men who have him. I mean, you yeah. kind of you really have she's to love like, her for it. Like nine, you know, like just. Yeah. I mean, both of Ned's daughters. I mean, again, they each tried to save him in their, you know, in oh, the ways yeah, that Sansa they could. Oh, yeah, screaming, bloody murder, trying to get at him too. Well, and I mean, every yeah, and I mean, everything she had done to that point, you know, thinking that she had helped, not really helped negotiate, but you know, she played her her part in this too. And yeah, yeah. I mean, neither of them succeed. Do um do we agree that this was Littlefinger's doing that got in Joffrey's ear? Because that's like the leading theory on why he decided to do this or why I mean, it, it seems you know it's, that little finger was very acting like he didn't know you know right <laughs> and you know little finger if we you know 
we think of his you know chaos, but then also you know it would clear a road to Cat at this point. So yeah, yeah, I've always liked that theory too. It makes a kind of sense. Uh, I don't know if we will ever know for sure, but yes. And it probably wasn't very hard to convince Joffrey. Yeah, I mean, it's no, not something you want to do, but I also mean, it's not I like somebody put it, it took in his head. Much at all. <laughs> and just like, I mean, I can, you know, because they've obviously set up this entire little scene where he's going to forgive, you know, where he's going to forgive Ned and send him to the wall as like this, you know, benevolent Joffrey. Like this is what's been rehearsed, and it's sort of like Littlefinger got. You know, it'd be cool as if there was a twist, <laughs> you know, and that's. God. Kind of how it plays. Twirling his, yeah, his <laughs> beard and mustache while he does it. Right. Yeah, and you're the king, and nobody could stop you. Kind of, you know, I can see him egging, egging him on. Yeah. Why are you letting? Why are you having? Yeah. You know, your mom tell you what to do. Are you a mama's boy? You, I mean, who couldn't? Like, let's be real. Who couldn't <laughs> manipulate Joffrey? Oh God. It does seem like, you know, really, maybe the Tyrells should have tried a little bit harder to manipulate Joffrey instead of killing him. Like, he seems like it would have been fairly easy. (laughs) I don't know. Then you have people like Cersei and Varys who think they have manipulated him where they want to pull something like this. Well, it is kind of funny if we think, you know, Littlefinger engineered Ned's death and then he was, you know, very much had a, had a role in Joffrey's death, too. So he's, you know, a, well, he didn't kill, he didn't kill Robert, but I mean, you know, he's, he's like a half Kingslayer. He's in the club. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, oh, and it's just even worse. They used ice because you, you get this, uh, mm-hmm. she sees this sunlight glint off of Sir Ellen's great sword because he pulled it off of Ned's back and it's like, oh, God, she realizes it's ice. <sighs> Um, the description of it coming down is so similar to uh, um, to Jamie's chapter too, uh, like the sunlight along the edge. Uh, Although I think in Jamie's it might be moonlight, but yeah, it's uh, like very. He echoes that later. I think it's like they really capture that feeling, like kind of like really horrible bad things that you like. It's almost like time stops and you focus on little tiny details, like something on the floor or something in you know next like a tree or you know what I mean. So it's like this hyper focus. Um, like is what's is the purpose of using ice just to add insult to fatal injury? Because what was he using before? Like why not use the sword you were using before oh, to execute terrible. people? Oh, it's got to be the insult. The yeah. insult has to be involved. Oh God, and I bet Ned. That was probably Littlefinger too. And you know what? How about you use ice? Yeah, and he must yeah. have felt them bringing taking it out of its scabbard because it was on his back, so he knew. Oh. Oh my goodness! And so Sir Illyn was in on, you know, was in on the plan because again, I mean, this whole thing is, you know, was orchestrated regardless of how it was going to turn out. Like every little bit of this is a is a play, basically. Joffrey missed his calling. (laughs) Joffrey, (laughs) reality TV show producer, you know. Oh God! Um, Arya feels a hand shoot out of the crowd and close on her arm and pull her and. A face presses close to hers, his long hair, tangled beard, and he snarls at her, and don't look. And he shakes her and and says, shut your mouth and close your eyes, boy. And there's emphasis on the boy. Um, She hears a sound, like, this was so eerie, like, the sound as the sword came down, and they said, like, as if the crowd sighed. It was such a creepy, Mm -hmm. um, just how quickly it all happened. 
happened and then it's done and like you know it's like she then starts having this conversation with you but like in the meantime it's like oh people are just starting to disperse it's like what the hell you know what i mean there's no i don't know it's just resolution yeah it's just like yeah god um, so, well, that's that. <laughs> yep. Yep. Like yep, that's. Yep, I mean, yep. that's what it is. That's that. That's that's. We're done for the day here. Yeah. Like. Yep. Our, yeah. Exactly. The, the entertainment is over. Let's let's everybody go home. Um, oh God. Um, when like for her, like her. I mean, her world basically just like ended. I mean. Yeah. Good grief. Yeah. And she's certainly not. You know, it's like he's. You know. This says um, urine's cut. Uh, urine, uh, urine's cut. Uh, staring. <laughs> I just realized what that name's. I was like, <laughs> he's a mess. But um, he's just so gruff. He's probably like, I mean, I guess it's what she needed to kind of stat, snap out of it in that sense. But it's just no comfort. You know, he's just like, you need to get it together. You know, he's um, the plaza's emptying. She's trailing behind him, and he says, I hope you can use that boy. And she starts to say, I'm not. And he shoves her like roughly into the door, brings out his knife, you know, kind of gets, oh, he's going to hurt her, but he's just cutting off her hair. And she's, and he says, not a smart boy. Is that what you mean? And that's, we end it there, but it's like, you know, God, it's just horrible. She said this most traumatic thing happened. And then it's just okay. like, how did Bjorn recognize her? Like, that's just kind of shocking that's, unless, you know, yes. Because that's what I like about the show, because we get this from Ned. He screams Baylor because he sees yeah. Arya and sees Jorin. Yeah. Um, that'd be another good reason I have this from Ned's yeah. POV, just to see like, how did this happen. show? I forgot that. Yeah. Yeah, oh, he God, sees her on Baylor and, and yeah. screams Baylor, which is oh. crazy for him just to be screaming that. Yeah. And nobody is like, why is he screaming Baylor? But anyway, <laughs> why is he, he, um, <laughs> he <laughs> But yeah, he's, he screams to Yorin that Baylor, Baylor, and he goes to get her. But yeah, that, like, when you, of course, when you read the chapter, you don't get any of that, that that's how it happened. Yeah. Um, it's just, you're supposed to take it as that Yorin recognized her, I guess. The chance of seeing her. Yeah, he yeah. recognized her. Well, we could say she looks an awful lot uh, like a Stark. So yeah. that might well, be and if part she, of it. You know, if she had a sword, which yeah. he would know, you know, he would probably know at a pretty quick glance was, you know, like Castle Forged, because everyone seems to immediately recognize that somehow. So, you know, he might have known that, too, and, been, and put yeah. two and two together and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, like, hey, she looks like a Benjen Stark. I'm going to grab yeah. her. And I guess well, the, that's true. The one yeah, she kindness, would look yeah. like Benjen. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. he did meet her. He yeah. saw her for what? Two minutes. And yeah, but so. very, you're right, very though. briefly when he when I she met of, with Ned, yeah. he met with Ned. No, but I I forgot that you know he would have known Benjen really well and that Arya would look like Benjen, so maybe that you know that could be. Now I'm just thinking about how hot show Benjen was. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> just, just Speaking got like a glass. Like <laughs> Ned in the illustrated edition does oh, not yeah, look anything like, like really he subscribed. <laughs> Oh my! Oh goodness. really? Oh, I haven't really? looked that up. <laughs> yeah, Ned is very good. <laughs> Ned is hot. Sansa's like ridiculously oh, like um like way too princessy. Oh, but is. yeah, Ned. I just yeah. saw the picture where they're chopping off his head. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> he was having a good hair day in the day. They cut his head off. <laughs> yeah, Which, he you know, I mean, in the, if you're gonna have a good Fresh hair out day, of the dungeon. Fresh, exactly. They probably wash. Well, no, it doesn't sound like they did wash them up a little bit. Yeah, you think actually, given like all the production value they put into this performance, they would have cleaned him up a bit. 
to like, because I mean, if their initial plan was that they were going to show him mercy and send him to the wall, like you kind of think they might have like made him look a little bit better. Oh God, twist that knife, Joffrey. Oh yeah, right. Almost, I mean, looks like Aragorn a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, I gotta look this up. Jesus. Yes, it's, it's, it, it pops right up. There's a nice picture of Sam, I think, too. So I'm looking <laughs> Oh, God. But, you know, I was... He, he did do one kindness for her. Like, he did... I mean, I guess that, you know, he didn't let her look. Because, you right. know, we find out later that Sansa saw it all and couldn't look away. So, in that sense, at least Arya didn't see it, that physically had removed, you know, removed from the body. <sighs> Yeah, I mean that. Does, you know, um, do y'all? Does anybody remember reading their first time reading this chapter and getting to the end and not exactly knowing what happened to Arya? <laughs> well, I it's sort mine. of. Oh, yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, and it's kind of like the chapter at the red wedding with her too, when it yeah. ends, you know, on the cliffhanger of her, you know, getting yeah. the getting the rap at the back of the head too. So it's just, uh, you know, yeah. it's like he really pulls that card a lot. <laughs> Yeah, he and you would think after this first time he wouldn't do it again, and yet it got me both times. He's done it so many times. (laughs) He does this all the time. I don't know why he does it so much. It's like George, no one believes you. He's gonna do it, and the person's actually gonna be dead, and we're all gonna be like, oh my god. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, because I remember when I first read the chapter, I finished the book, but Arya doesn't have another chapter. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah, because that is true. Because you don't. I mean, it's it's pretty violent, and then you know. Yeah. You don't know till you get to. You're not for sure until you get to clash. Yeah. Yeah, and that's interesting. Like, we're you know we're very close to the end of the book here, and yeah, it is kind of like this is this is like everyone's basically everyone's last chapter at this point, I think. And yeah, thank you for Daenerys. You know. Yeah. yeah. John and and Danny are the only two left. Yeah. Yeah. And you, yeah, this ends her. We're not doing that. (laughs) <laughs> so you end her at a cliffhanger Done here. That. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I never. I you know. Well, I mean, I, maybe it was because I had the next book to jump into. I don't remember re- thinking of this as a huge cliffhanger with her, but it is certainly written as one. Well, and how nice to have a cliffhanger and have it resolved in two years rather than waiting for um, <laughs> what's it been since twenty since two thousand six now, like. 15 years going on well oh god man. 2020 was a decade in and of itself so it's yeah. been oh my you goodness. know wait what what, 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 what is the dance bo- oh my god well 2006 was feast and wasn't dance 20 2011 11 2011 yeah. i think I yeah oh my god i feel i i can't even uh, i feel I'm like, like five like or six years but it's been longer oh my god <laughs> i know five or six years <laughs> Five or six years ago was when we were like literally yeah. probably when we were reading oh, George's God. New Year's Eve posts. Oh my <laughs> God! It's so yeah. terrible yeah. how fast it's going and how slow he's going. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. just yeah, we're never. I mean, these are cliffhangers that are never going to be, no. never going to be resolved. So we can just my only they, hope. Even if they temporarily <laughs> are, we'll just exchange them for new cliffhangers that will never be resolved. Oh, so God. yeah. Well, see, that's my thing. My only hope is that after all this time, he's done, and it's just, I just, oh, he's got to be. He finished the whole damn thing. That the that whole thing nice. has to be, be nice. done. Of so, course, I mean, this is of course wishful thinking on my part. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want to hurt you, Devin, but like in his latest blog oh post, oh god, what's his latest? Specifically, 
Well, he specifically talked about he's going to finish up wins, then probably write a Duncan Egg novella, oh, and no! then start on Spring. Oh, no. So, what does he think he's going yeah, like, to he's never, he's never finishing any of it. This is why I don't pay attention to anything he says anymore. Right. Because <laughs> I don't want really to know. Oh. Yeah, it's... Uh, well, we should be happy we have this. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I think we have a few mail items, right? I think... Uh, yes, we, we do. Um, we have, yeah, we have a few. Um, so our first one, um, from Cardinal Girl 75 on Discord. Um, <clears throat> as I've come to the end of A Game of Thrones, I found it harder to finish because my heart's broken over and over knowing what happens to the characters. Which would you say is a more difficult reread? This book, because we're reminded of how innocent characters like Arya were. Or a dance with dragons because of how grim the past of many of these characters have become. I mean, if oh, I think God. about, yeah, I mean, it's so funny though because if I think about like, let's say if I'm thinking about Theon and I feel like okay by the end of, I mean, by the end of Dance, it's like that's he's in a better place than he's been mm-hmm. since this book. And if I think about Jamie, I'm you know okay. If I think you know. I, you know, he's turning a corner into the right, into the right place. So I almost feel like it's, it's like if you ask me about between at the end of Storm, maybe in the end of, well, even that, I don't know. It's like character development, <sighs> maybe. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll just be frank with you. I have reread a Game of Thrones more times than I've reread a Dance with Dragons. So I think that's probably my answer. <laughs> There's definitely heartbreak Same. reading the innocence yeah. with this, but uh, a Dance with Dragons is a special kind of pain on reread, and there's several <laughs> layers of it. There's so much um, pain with that. There's reread. so much pain, so much like deliberately inflicted pain. I'm just gonna call it what it is, George. The reread um, you know, itself is just pain, regardless. Yeah, of yeah, and it's like you know, characters you you used to want to love, like Tyrion, um, you you want to just you know throw out the window, and okay, there's Jamie. only one Jamie chapter and no Brienne chapters. There are so many reasons. Theon's chapters, which are literal torture, the um, unnecessary world building that takes. Oh, that goes on for so long in some chapters. I'm just like, oh my goodness. I mean, no one's. Is there anyone happy in dance? I don't. I mean, yeah. Who's I mean, having I, a good time in dance? Well, like maybe Victorian and Euron <laughs> could be. <laughs> Are they? But who cares about them? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like they're probably um, the only people having a good time. Like Littlefinger might be, I guess. <laughs> but actually, he's not in dance, so yeah, he's not who knows? In dance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like yeah, I like for... Ash's chapters, but she's not having a good time. She's not so. having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. No one is, um, I guess. For me, <laughs> rereading this first one, like uh, like you, Chicky, I've read this one more than any of the other ones. Um, but this one, I'm more hopeful at the end because I know what because I know where these characters go and like outside of. Rob and Cat, um, I feel good's not the right word. <laughs> I don't feel good, but I know they're okay in some sense. Um, that this isn't, you know, the end of their stories. I guess so. Th- reading this one isn't as tough for me. It's not as heartbreaking. Yeah. Well, what you're describing is um, you still trust George 
as you're reading a Game of Thrones. Whereas after reading yeah, Dance, um, some of your confidence in George begins to go a little bit too. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know yeah. if that's conscious, but there's a lot of what you read in the annoyance about Feast and Dance, you know, uh, is, is, is people losing confidence in George, people who maybe can't articulate why, but they get a sense that George has last, lost uh, his grip on the story. And, and you hear that frustration come out and you don't feel that way when you read this, because this is for George, an incredibly tight book. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's tight through, you know, the narrative and the story is really tight through all of the storm of swords, you know, like there's things seated in this book that come in that book. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you feel like you're being, you feel like you're being led somewhere. And I think when you get to feast and dance, there's that, you know, the very much sense of unraveling, which, you know, I think you're supposed to feel like that because the world is unraveling. But then when there's not a payoff for years and years and years, you, you know, like it, it, it becomes like a meta. Like it's not just that the yeah. books and the narrative are making you feel that way. Like the whole time you've invested in the story is making you feel that way because you really do. I mean, we've been adrift for 10 years with the story. Yes, and that's yeah, even well, that's with exactly the it. um, the uh, chapters he's released from Winds. You still get that same feeling, yeah. right? Like there's not, and I mean, you know, that could which I mean, they if are we're being just, generous, it it could be that well, obviously he's not going to give resolution in sample right. chapters, but I feel like we're beyond the point of being generous. <laughs> 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 well, uh, and one of the things, like even describing Storm, where he he does. You know, people are always like, oh, why does he keep expanding the inter- the universe? Why does he keep introducing POV characters? Well, he did it every book up to that point. And up till Feast, you know, he did it successfully. No one complained. What he didn't seem to really understand is outside of maybe Davos, he never brought in a POV character that we didn't already know, but whose head we just hadn't been in. And then in Feast and Dance, he really kind of went off the rails with it and just started thinking, oh, I can give anyone a POV. It doesn't matter if, you know, you barely saw them or only heard them mentioned. I, you know, I can do whatever I want. And it's like, no, you can't. Not if you want your readers to stay invested and not be angry with you. No, well, or, you, or you could if, again, you gave us payoff, you know, because I think there's a lot of the new POVs that you can enjoy. But when you feel like they've been added to the detriment of him ever writing more, then, you know, it becomes a problem. Well, or when they're stealing page space from the storylines that you're most interested in, too. Yeah. 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 And particularly with Arya in this one, um, particularly this chapter, it it reminds me whenever I read it, it just reminds me that um, like these skills she's using, particularly at the beginning of the chapter, are like going to be very critical for her later on when she's at the house mm-hmm. of a, a black and white and learning there um so i always feel all right about Arya after this book in particular yeah well it's funny that she keeps thinking back to serio telling her you know see see but you think after reading the quote several times but it's like see beyond your eyes basically and you know very much foreshadowing what's gonna you know one of what her experience experiences are gonna be Yes, I love that. Love that about her in this chapter. What is it? Look with your eyes, I think. Is oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that it? I think so. Yeah, it look wasn't. With your eyes. Yeah. yeah. Or something like that. Um, and then she, so, you know, oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to the next question, so you can go ahead. Nope, I, I have nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Um, our next uh, piece of mail from Buck O'Hara on Discord. Um, 
what are we supposed to make of Yorin here? What would have happened if Arya had to fend for herself for longer? Oh, boy. I mean, you can tell she's at the end of her tether. Yeah. She's getting there. She's afraid to go back to the pot shop. She She's feeling danger everywhere. And you kind of have the sense that she's had a bunch of lucky escapes one after another. And you're like, oh, this luck has to run out. You just kind of get that feeling throughout this chapter. So I think if, she's lucky that Yorin caught her. I mean, you wonder if the security would have gotten a little bit looser with once Ned was, you know, once Ned's dead, maybe things would get a little bit easier. Otherwise, basically, she would have to, like, survive until Blackwater. And then there would have been an opportunity to get out of Dodge or, you know, get killed in the chaos. But, yeah, I mean, there's not... There's no yeah, way even she her. even she kind of thinks that she's like if I were in the woods I would know how to survive if I could yeah. get out of the city mm-hmm. but she just if can't she could get, get out. out yeah 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 I definitely don't think because I think actually security would go up after this because well now the North's gonna know um, well that Ned is dead and that he's you know been beheaded or whatever so I feel like security would probably go up so there would be mm-hmm. no chance of her getting out like in, you said until Blackwater oh, when mm-hmm. she would have an opportunity. Um, and I think what we're supposed to make of Yorin, um, I think we're not supposed to know what happened. Oh, well, of course we're not, because the chapter ends the way it does. Um, so I think that's what we're supposed to be left with with Yorin. Like, we're not really sure what he's going to do with her. Um, but, I mean, if I mean, you, I mean you, the clues you are there with him calling her a boy. And, like, you can tell that he is trying. Um, Just by that telling he's there her to help to look. Her. Yeah. By, yeah, like, not letting look her look. All that, yeah. yeah. Well, and you, we have a sense of Yorin from Tyrion's chapter, so we know he's, you know, yeah, he's a, a, you know, a, he's a, a gruff, gruff but coolish guy. Very gruff. That's so funny. Gruff. Like I completely forgot that that's you know Yorin shared his trip with Tyrion. Yeah. Like you kind of you know kind of forget like they sort of had that half of a kind of luxurious journey. I'm sure for Yorin <laughs> down to King's Landing before <laughs> yeah. before Tyrion was taken. Is that all and, the questions? Or well, is there one more? We have one more. Okay. Um, so the last piece of mail. So this is um, not about this particular chapter. So this is just a general comment question. Um, but is it is about Cat's um, seventh chapter in A Clash of Kings. Um, so this is from Ankato, a Podbean comment. Um, I'm rereading the books and just finished this chapter. I love this one. I love when Jamie talks about his youth and I forgot that Kat was not aware of what happened with Brandon and his father. It's strange to me because it is the kind of story that was spread across the kingdoms and would be discussed in Winterfell. So Cat 7 is in A Clash of Kings. It's Jamie's um, when he confesses to everything to Cat. Are y'all familiar with that chapter? Not at all. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> so, there's that great alternative advice. version. <laughs> That that was on the first piece of fix I read for um <laughs> for a song of ice and fire and my goodness. Uh, but yeah, so that was the comment on that chapter there. I mean that is it is funny. I mean one thing when you you know it since we're getting close to the end of this book, you know, Jamie is so little on page and I mean not on page at all until that point in a clash of kings and it's like, oh, does he make an entrance <laughs> like uh, you, I don't know. I just feel like George just spared him and kept him out of so many things that, you know, just for these like big moments like that for him. And, you know, he's he's literally doing it again with wherever they are now. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Speaking of trusting the author, I guess. Right. 
<laughs> um, and that is all of the mail. Okay. Oh, gosh. Uh, okay. You can reach us at close the door and at gmail.com on Tumblr at close the door and come here at tumblr.com. Um, submit questions um, to the chapter threads on the Jamie and Brand subreddit. Um, follow us on Twitter at door podcast. Please review, like, subscribe. Uh, uh, to us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, all the places you might listen. And please support us on Patreon at Close the Door. Um, Closing the door. Get out.